Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, friends! Welcome to Chickenlandia, and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. Thank you so much for being here with me today, guys. Oh, we have a fun show today. We have a fun show. We are going to talk about baby chicks. Everything you need to get to get started with baby chicks. We're going to do like a little checklist and talk about that and talk about some other things having to do with baby chicks. It is the most wonderful time of the year. We're coming up right on baby chick season. So a very exciting time. Now, I do want to tell you guys, I look a little bit different today. Um, <laughs> I am in my pajamas, okay? I don't have any makeup on. Uh, we had COVID. Our whole family had COVID. And we had the kind that it, like, lasts a long time and is really uncomfortable. <laughs> so that was, I know there's different varieties. Like, some people are like, oh, I, I just got the sniffles. I barely knew I had it. We knew, we knew we had it. Um, it was quite the experience. I'm actually going to talk about it. And one of my, I shot a video yesterday where I talk about it, but I'm still like, even though it's been like two weeks, I'm, I'm not testing positive anymore, but I'm like still recovering. I've got like this whole kind of sinus thing going on and I don't know if you can tell, but my voice is a little bit hoarse. So I still kind of feel it, even though it's like technically gone. So if I have some brain farts today, please forgive me. (laughs) I feel like I say that like at the beginning of every podcast. (laughs) There's something going on that's like making me not completely coherent. But this time I really mean it. Like I am definitely, I've definitely got the brain fog thing going on. It is like, it's, it's the real deal. So forgive me, forgive me. So yeah, uh, I have one announcement that I'm going to make today because you guys know I have to pay the chicken bills. <laughs> Gotta pay the chicken bills. So my announcement as usual is that today's podcast is brought to you by the folks at My Favorite Chicken. My Favorite Chicken is my favorite online shop for all things chicken. <laughs> including feed. And that includes my favorite scratch and peck feed. You guys know, I love that feed. Uh, Chicken supplies, fun chicken stuff like aprons and 
uh, chicken purse and all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, they just have lo- lots of great things, treats, all that kind of stuff. And you can find them at myfavoritechicken.com and tell them I sent you. All right. We are going to talk about baby chicks. And I actually don't have a uh, listener question today. Usually I, I will answer a listener question and I just have been feeling so rotten that, you know, it, I gets I get a lot of questions. So, you know, I have to go through them and like find a listener question. And I just couldn't do that this time. I was just like, I'm just going to do a show about baby chicks. <laughs> and I, there's probably a question about baby chicks and you know, that I've been emailed, but I just didn't get I just did not, I was not able to go through it this time. Um, but usually I do, I will answer a list, listener question on the podcast and you can submit a question to Bok Talk by going to my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com. You can go to the contact section and there's a little, a little scroll down menu. It says, ask a chicken question. So just go there, send your question. I do see them all. I am not able to answer them all. I'm sorry. I just can't answer them all. Um, But I love hearing from you guys. And if you want to just like tell me a chicken story, there's also like a a thing that says, uh, you know, tell a chicken story or or share a chicken story. So you can do that too. It's fun. All right. So yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about baby chicks. Now I always say that when you're thinking about, how you're going to raise baby chicks. It is best to think about how they are raised naturally by a mother hen. So, you know, in the absence of mama hen, who's going to show them how to chicken and make sure that they have everything they need, you know, she will keep them warm with her body. She will make sure that they're safe. You know, she'll keep them safe from the other chickens. She will, keep them safe from predators as much as she can. She will keep them in a safe area. So they're not going to be like exposed to the elements and she'll show them around as they're fluffy. A a mama hen that is raising her own baby chicks. She will take them out into the chicken yard and just expose them to everything in the chicken yard. And generally, and I was talking about this in a video recently even though they get all that exposure and like we're kind of told like, Oh, you need to be, you need to like pretty much keep like a sterile environment for your baby chicks. Cause they can get sick, you know, bacteria, uh, viruses, fungi, all this stuff. When they're raised by a mother hen, they are exposed to all that stuff. Like right off the bat. <laughs> and they, she'll show them, you know, she'll find them things to eat off the ground and they're drinking, you know, how chickens will drink gross water. Like, uh, you, you give them like they have like the the clean water that you just filled and next to it is some gross puddly poopy water guess which one they're going to choose <laughs> it's just the law it's like the chicken law so you know baby chicks are getting all that exposure and somehow even though they they have all that they are generally, generally baby chicks raised by a mother hen are more resilient. Now, I'm not telling you not to raise baby chicks in a brooder because it's super fun. But um, I think it's a good idea to keep it as natural as possible because it's just that seems to be how baby chicks do 
well. They do better that way and they're less stressed out that way. So, um, you know, just kind of keep that mentality of I'm the, I'm the mama hen. This is my, this is my job to be the mother hen and keep that in the back of your mind. And then the, uh, the, the experience will be smoother for both you and your baby chicks. <clears throat> so, yeah, so, so she keeps them. We're just going to go through like what mother hen does and what you would do to mimic that. Now, the one, number one thing that she's going to do is provide them warmth with her body and provide them shelter with her body. So you, as the mother hen, will need to provide shelter for your baby chicks. And you could do that with like a lot of people start with like a big plastic bin. Like that's a, a really common thing to see a plastic bin um, that they got at like Target or Costco or wherever, and then they have their baby chicks in it. And that, that can be okay when you're just starting out. But one thing that you need to know <laughs> is that baby chicks grow really fast, like really fast. And they get their little wing feathers and they literally will start to fly out of the brooder. And the brooder is what you call where you're raising your baby chicks. So a mama hen broods chicks. That's like the act of raising baby chicks. We also call her a broody, a broody hen or a broody because she's brooding baby chicks. And um, we will call the the physical space, the, uh, the uh, container that you're keeping baby chicks in, a brooder or an artificial brooder. And we will call the source of heat <laughs> that, <laughs> that you use on your baby chicks a brooder or, or like a brooder lamp or a brooder heater. And it's so funny. I like to say the word broody and brooder is like the word smurf. Like it has so many different meanings. <laughs> but just I just want to explain all that to you for the people that are just getting started. Because I know I do have some people that are just getting started. Um, I actually prefer for my brooder, uh, something bigger, um, just to start out with. Cause I don't like, if you start out with a plastic bin, you're going to have to graduate from that at some point, unless you have like two tiny bantams or two or three tiny bantams, they may be able to stay in there until they're ready to go outside. But usually they will need to graduate to a larger, uh, brooder that has, you know, uh, something, some wiring over it or some type of lid over it so that the chicken, the chicks can't fly out. And I really like those galvanized metal tubs. Like they're for, they're like um, cow or horse uh, troughs or pig troughs. And they're just these big galvanized metal tubs. They're not cheap, but sometimes you can find them secondhand. And I will put hardwire mesh over that. And I just like it because they're big. And they can stay in it, depending on how many you have. They can stay in it the whole time. Now, this, this is obviously for smaller flocks I'm talking about. And it's just handy. And then the other thing that I really like would be a large guinea pig cage. And that's really handy, too, because it's already, you know, it's a cage. So you don't have to ever worry about them flying out. Now, if you have itty-bitty bantams, like, Old English um, or Sarama bantams, you depending on the type of cage it is, you might want to be be extra careful that they can't squeeze out through the wire. Okay, <laughs> so just just putting that out there. 
But, you know, in general, just stay away from things that would create like a fire hazard. Like I really don't. I know some people will like to use big cardboard boxes, like a big refrigerator cardboard box. And you could certainly do that. It's definitely like a, um, you know, a cost friendly option. But if you're using a, a heat lamp, just be really careful because that that does prevent more present more of a fire hazard. Of course, if you're using shavings in a heat lamp, we're going to talk about that. That does cause a fire hazard no matter what you do um, or no matter what you have them in. But, uh, you know, whatever you use, you just want to make sure that they have enough space to be comfortable in that uh, you're not presenting a fire hazard. So obviously baby chicks need warmth and they will need that warmth depending on the climate that you're in, depending on the breeds that you have for about four to eight weeks. So definitely something that you have to provide for them if you are raising them in a brooder. Uh, I don't actually use a thermometer. I know some people will get, you know, buy a thermometer and put it in the brooder to make sure it's the right temperature. I actually do not do that. And I don't really recommend doing it. I think it is a better idea for you to monitor their behavior. So basically, if they are you know, all underneath the heat lamp. Say you have a heat lamp. They're all piled up underneath it. They're trying to get on top of each other. They may be trampling each other. They're peeping really loud. They are too cold. And you need to lower the heat lamp or you, it's possibly if, you, if you're using a, um, a brooder, like a, a, a radiant brooder, uh, you need to lower that. Um, if they are all lined up around the sides of the brooder and they look like they're trying to get away from the lamp and they might be panting, they're very quiet, actually, either very quiet or peeping really loud, then they're probably too hot. And that's super dangerous for them. And in fact, it's worse if they're too hot than if they were too cold. Because generally they can kind of warm each other up, but if they're too hot, they can just, they can die from heat exhaustion so easily. So that would mean you need to raise the heat lamp. Um, what you want is for them to just be chilling out. <laughs> you know, they're, just, they're just chilling. They're chillaxing. Uh, some of them will be asleep underneath the lamp. Uh, some of them will, or under the brood, or some of them will be by the water, drinking water. Some will be pecking and scratching with their little funny little feet. Um, you know, they'll be peeping, but it'll be like kind of a quiet, kind of a meditative sound. It's not, or, or like an urgent, like a, like a, a, you know, it's a baby animal calling to its mother when you hear that urgent peeping sound, but you're not really hearing that. You just, you know, you just hear the little peeps. And in general, they, there's a calm feeling about it. And I think if you start out observing them this way and kind of cueing in to that natural behavior that they have, that's going to help you through your whole experience with chickens. Because, you know, when we can connect with them and, and really, um, really feel how, how they're feeling, um, and you can do that if you're paying attention. You can definitely do that. And then you can know, you can just be in more in tune with your flock as they get older. You'll know when things are wrong. You'll know when a chicken is is off, is not feeling well. And generally, you know, you'll just have a smoother time because 
you'll be more in tune with how they're feeling. So I think it's a great way to practice that from the beginning. So, you know, we talked about the, the brooder, the brooder lamp. There are, if you're going to go with a heat lamp and, um, you know, some people are just going to have to, some people will choose to do that. I definitely prefer the brooder plates that you can buy, but they're more expensive and some people just can't afford that. And I understand that. If you go with a brooder lamp, you will want to go with the red one. I don't really, you know, there's, there are some plus sides to using a white lamp because generally they don't get as hot. Um, or they, they just don't get as hot. The, the red lamps get hotter. But the thing about the white lamp is it really doesn't give them as much of a natural experience. It's like basically having like, I used to describe it as like um, a um, interrogation lamp. <laughs> you know, it's like on all the time. And so they don't get that rhythm of like day and night like they would with a red lamp because even though the even though it's a lamp and it's a light it's still just not as jarring as that white light on them all the time and they need to get some sleep. Um the other thing is it kind of casts a red glow all over the brooder and if you didn't know this a lot of times when chickens see blood um or baby chicks see blood they will peck at it. It's just that's part of their instinct. It's part of their survival instinct actually and there is a reason for it. If they were going to be out in the wild trying to survive, there's a member of the flock that's injured and bleeding. They have to get rid of that member of the flock. Okay. that So that's like a carryover from when they lived in the jungle, you know, in Indonesia or Malaysia or, you know, wherever in, in Asia where they came from originally. Um but now you have them in a, you know, in a domestic setting. We don't, we don't want that to happen. We would certainly stop that if we saw it happening. So we want to prevent it. Um, and so the red heat lamp helps with that. It's just, it, it, it helps to keep them from stressing out as much. And when baby chicks stress, that is really when they become vulnerable to issues, um, you know, pasty butt, uh, even like stuff like starve out, um, uh, e- e- disease, you know, I mean, just like people when, when we are stressed, our defenses are down. So, and they can also get in trouble. They can really get in trouble with each other. If they're stressed out, they can start doing behaviors that you don't want them to do. So best to choose a red heat lamp. If you're going to go with, uh, a, um, a brooder lamp. Now, like I said, I prefer the heating plates, the brooder panels, um, radiant radiant brooders basically it, it doesn't get that hot it's just they get under it and it warms up their back just like a mother hen does and it's a more natural experience for them they have the natural cycle of the day and they generally do better they're less stressed out so i and, and it's way less of a fire hazard you know i mean you're still introducing electricity into an area so there's always a fire hazard with electricity, when electricity is around, uh, a, a small one, a small fire hazard, but um, it's not as much as it as it would be if you had that, you know, really hot lamp in the brooder. Um, you need feeders and waterers, and uh, you can just get depending on the size of your flock. Usually, people that watch me, they have small flocks. Those little quart uh feeder gravity feeder and waterers work just fine you can get those at any 
any farm store um, or online. And sometimes you can find them used. Just make sure that you wash them really well. So feed. <laughs> A lot of people ask me, should I do medicated feed? And of course, that's up to you. I'm not a veterinarian. I will say I do not use medicated on my medicated feed on my flock. And when I teach my classes, I don't recommend medicated feed. And the reason for that is that, you know, medicated feed was originally created for chickens that were raised in a factory farm setting. And in that setting are the perfect conditions for something called coccidiosis, which is like a disease condition that um, baby chicks and chickens can get where the protozoa coccidia overwhelms their intestinal tract and they can get very sick and die from it. Um, they don't always die, but they can get very, very sick and it can go, it's really contagious. Once it gets into your flock, it's really contagious. But every flock has... Coccidia present among it. I, I would, you know, I mean, maybe there's some flocks that don't, uh, but it would be very, a very rare situation because um, it's everywhere. Coccidia is everywhere and there's many different strains of it. Um, some are more virulent than others. I, I think that if you give your baby chicks exposure to the outdoors you can start like, you, I mean, depending on the way the weather is, where you live, the climate where you live, you can start when they're really little. Um, generally, two weeks is when people start and take them outside and put them in a safe area, stay with them, monitor them, make sure they don't get chilled, make sure they don't get themselves into trouble or they get, you know, eaten by a predator. You don't want any of that. But when you take them outside, you're exposing them to everything that is outside the wonderful microbiome of the soil. And that would include str some strain, whatever strain or strains of coccidia that's in your chicken yard. And they will develop that immunity uh, naturally. They will develop that natural immunity. And I think that that's preferable to preemptively medicating them. Now, of course, if you just really feel like, oh, I really want to, Give them medicated feed because I don't want to deal with coccidiosis. Um, the the medication that is in the feed is is f fairly safe. It's it's a very old medication. It's um it's it's very it's fairly benign. Um, but you it depletes their thiamine in their body. Depletes their stores of thiamine in their body. It's a thiamine blocker or a thiamine mimic mimicker. So. You want to give them after you, if you give them medicated feed, you want to, after they're done with it, give them a good two-week course of some good chicken vitamins that has thiamine in it, okay? Because you they, they need thiamine. Without, thiamine is the stress vitamin. So um, without that, they can, they can not regulate stress as well. And they can actually get a condition called Rynec that can be caused by thiamine deficiency. So know that. And, <laughs> um, and, or just don't give them medicated feed. I think in a, you know, in a backyard environment where you have good practices and not like super muddy, there's not super poopy. I don't think you need to give your chickens medicated feed. I'll probably do like a video about that. Um, I just did one about coccidiosis 
And um, I think you should watch it because it's got a lot of a lot of good information in it. In their water, when they when they're really little, when you first bring them home, they're really little little, and they're like vulnerable to um, possibly drowning in their own water dish. And I don't know for, um, for the life of me why baby chicks do this. But sometimes they will immerse themselves in the water dish and they will they could become chilled or they could drown. So what I do to prevent that is I will put marbles in the water dish so that they can still get a sip of water, but they can't immerse themselves in it. Um, and you could use like clean pebbles or rocks. You could use like um, those, oh gosh, I don't, I don't know how to describe them, but they're like, they're like little glass. Um, you put them in a, in a, in a flower pot, like in an indoor flower pot. You could, they look like pieces of glass, like pebbles, like red, they're usually red or blue. Um, you can use those too, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't know. They're called something. <laughs> they have a name. I just can't remember it. Flower. Who's your pioneer says flower arranging glass pebbles. That sounds like a good name to me. <laughs> yeah. Celia. I do use marbles. Celia Perry says marbles. That's what I use is I use marbles. Since my kids have marbles, I just steal my kids marbles because <laughs> I'm missing some. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> So baby chicks also need grit. And if you go to the store and buy baby chick grit, you will see it's basically like coarse sand. Now, if they're being raised in a in a in a chicken yard with mother hen that you probably don't need to provide grit for them. You could still depending on the terrain that you're in. Um but they'll probably be able to find that in their yard, but uh even if you're only feeding them baby chick feed I, I do recommend still giving them grit. And you will hear from many people that you don't need to give them grit if they're only eating their feed. But I, I would still do it. I don't think there's, first of all, there's no harm in it. It's, you know, it's good for them. It's, it will do nothing but aid their digestion. And when they're little, especially, their digestion is really super important. When they get older, you concentrate more on their reproductive system. When they're babies, you concentrate on their um, digestive system. So uh, I think anything that is going to help them to digest their feed uh, or whatever else they might eat, because I'll tell you, if a bug ends up in the brooder, they're going to eat it. <laughs> and if you're, and if you're giving them any kind of treat or whatever, they're going to, they're going to need that grit. Okay, and and if you're taking them outside, which you should be taking them outside to give them that exposure, they're going to need grit. So definitely I recommend grit and I will just sprinkle it around the brooder. And in fact, when they first come, I will also just sprinkle their feet around the brooder because they need to eat really quickly, especially if you got them from a farm store. They have more than likely been through the mail. It's a super stressful experience for them. And they can get a condition called starve out where they kind of lose the will to eat and drink because they didn't get to food and water fast enough. And they have about 48 hours after they hatch to get to food, feed and water. That's why it's just so important that they get it as soon as, as soon as they get home. 
Um, so I'll sprinkle, sprinkle a little bit of grit and I'll sprinkle a little bit of feed around. Or you can put a little bit of grit. You can put a little sprinkle of grit into their feed container. And it just goes, they know to eat it. They eat it. It goes into their gizzard and it chews. It's like teeth. It chews up their feed in their gizzard. Okay. Um, bedding. So when I first bring in baby chicks, I use paper towels as their bedding. Um, and I just lie them flat. I like a, just a couple layers of paper towels. I lie it flat. And what this does is it, it gives them really good traction for their little feet. Uh, <laughs> baby chicks need good traction on their feet. Um, sometimes baby chicks will have a condition where their toes will curl or their legs will get deformed. Um, usually that is something that happens, something that's gone wrong in incubation, um, usually has something to do with a, a vitamin deficiency, but also they can get splayed leg or spraddle leg and curled toes from not having good traction when they come, when they, when they hatch and when they're walking around with their babies. So you want to make sure they have that really good traction. The other thing is, you know, paper towels are generally white. I don't know. Are there others are other color paper towels? <laughs> Maybe like brown, you know, but it's easy for them to see the feed on the paper towels and they just, you know, they'll, they'll find it very quickly. So that is also another reason why I don't use shavings when they first get to me. Um, after a few days, if they, certainly if they're standards, I'll switch them over to shavings and I'll use pine. You can use hemp. You can use um, aspen shavings. If they're bantams, you could keep them on paper towels, you know, if you wanted to. If you if you, you were able to keep up with it, you just need to make sure that you're keeping up with it, that, that you're not letting it get too dirty. Um, and then you might, you, well, I mean, like a big, part of having baby chicks is giving them treats. <laughs> so, uh, I am a proponent for healthy treats for baby chicks. Um, and one thing that I do, I always give baby chicks when they first come home to me, I will give them um, just crumbled up hard, hard boiled egg yolk. And you might say, oh, my gosh, you're feeding them themselves. <laughs> you know, that's, it's cannibalism. But it's actually what it is. It's the nutrition that they were getting in the egg. So I'm just giving them that boost when they, when they come home. Okay. I will also give them a little bit of plain whole milk yogurt. Um, I'll give them, I'll give them like uh lettuce and kale or whatever to play around with. Usually they're just, they're not like eating that at first. They'll just play around with it. It was just things to not only give them that extra nutrition, um, that, that those fresh nutrients, because, you know, usually baby chick feed is processed. So in during, during the, the processing, it loses some nutrients and then it has to be added back in and so you want them to have some uh, fresh nutrients as well. Um, but also it's enrichment for them. So, and then of course, grubs and mealworms is super funny to give it. To, and they might be like scared of it at first. They're like, what is that? <laughs> 
But as soon as one of them figures it out, like the main, the head, the head baby chick figures it out, they'll be chasing each other for it, you know, and it's funny and it's cute. And it's a good way to kind of play with them, get them used to you, and they will become your friend very quickly that way. And you can tame them easily that way. So if you're having trouble affording some of this stuff, just remember that every year people are getting off the backyard chicken bandwagon. And so a lot of times on free cycle groups, uh, you know, on Craigslist or whatever, wherever you are, depending on, you know, usually places will have something, other countries will have something similar to Craigslist, which is just like an online marketplace. They will be selling things secondhand. And sometimes people will be like, you know, I've got a whole lot of baby chick supplies that I'm trying to get rid of. Um, So keep your eye out for that. Uh, You can also use, I mean, for their bedding, you can use old towels as long as they don't have like something that would be dangerous for baby chicks on it, like a, a, like fabric softener or some like really fragrant, um, you know, detergent, you wouldn't want that. And you wouldn't want like big long strings hanging off of the towels for them to get entangled in. But an old, like flat, thin towel, I've used that before as bedding and a brooder. And, you know, you can just keep washing it and just keep using it. It's a really sustainable option for you. And I've also used for their feed, I've just used like a little dish. You just have to make sure that they're not pooping in it. Like you have to to make sure it stays clean and they waste it. So there's that. They waste feed when they, you know, they dump it out and stuff. And even with water, you can do that, but you have to be much more careful. Make sure you have the marbles in it. Make sure it's not going to spill. Make sure they can't immerse themselves and drown in it. Um, But in many places and throughout the time that we've had domestic chickens, we haven't had feeders and waterers and we've used, you know, just regular dishes that we had around. Um, So that is something that you can do as long as you're responsible about it. Okay. So I do have some emergency items that I recommend. One of them is um, if you can, if you can afford it, get some vitamins, probiotics and electrolytes for your baby chicks. That's just good to give them. Um, when they first get home, I put that in their water or I'll put apple cider vinegar in their water. Um, but I can't go into full detail about some other bells and whistles. These, they're not like super important things, but they're good to have. Like I have my whole way that I raise baby chicks in a natural way. And I teach all about that in my online course. Many of you have heard about it. Some of you have taken it. It is called Backyard Chickens 101, a chicken course for everyone. And I go into much more detail than what I'm telling you right now. I talk about all this too, but I talk about, you know, just some natural things that you do, you can do, some herbs that you can give them, some homeopathics that you can give them when they're babies, um, just to give them the most natural experience and healthy experience that they can have. And of course, I talk about All kinds of other things like, um, you know, once they get older, what do you do? (laughs) Like coop placement and, you know, all this other stuff. So 
I do want to remind you guys, I have this course. A lot of people are signing up for it right now because baby chick season is starting and spring is around the corner. And I think people feel like, well, you know, even if they already have chickens, it's so it's good. It's good for people to take the course. I, th- I think they, you would still get something out of it. So I just want to let you know about it, that that is out there. And you can find information about that on my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com. There's a tab on my website that says online course. You can click on that and it's just going to tell you everything you need to know. And one thing that people really like about it, first of all, it's all in one place. And, you know, I mean, I have lots of videos on my channel, a lot of information on my channel, but you really have to like go through it to get like, to get everything in the course in like a, in like a chronological way, you know, the course is just organized really well. You can reference it and you can also ask me, it's interactive. So you can ask me questions in the course and I answer those questions very quickly, uh, usually within 24 hours. Um, whereas if you send me a question, you know, most of the time I, I'm just not able to answer all those questions. Um, so I do, I do have to give priority to my course students because, you know, they, I, I just have to, like, after, if I, if, if I answered every chicken question that came to me, I thought that would be all I did. I would just be answering chicken questions all the time, um, which I love, but I can't, you know, can't can't physically do it all. Um, so it would be either me an- answering the questions or the Chickenlandia presidential advisor who's here right now. She's in the chat right now. Um, Kelsey, she has so much knowledge about chickens. And she also answers some of the questions because she is um, another instructor in the course. So uh, just want to let you guys know about that. Oh, Celia Perry says, I'm hoping to take your course this spring. Oh, I would love that. That would be awesome. Um, Judy Zims, just a mere farm sitter asks, so is it a video or text? It is both. There's a lot of video. I have, you know, I, I have, there's, there's video of me that I shot specifically for the course. I do refer to some snippets from some YouTube videos. And then we talk about that. Then there's like resources at the end of the chapters. There's PDFs that you can download and keep. And some of them are really cute. You can keep them. You can put them up in your chicken coop or whatever. Um, Shortcake at uh, 39553 asks, when is the next course being offered? It's always on offer. So um, you, you would sign up for it and then the course is there. And you go through the course at your own pace. Um, And you can like ask questions and all that stuff at your own pace. And at the end, you'll get a little certificate. And I had somebody contact me recently that was like, look, our city is going to uh, make a law saying that we can have chickens. We're like, we're putting this bylaw together so that we can have chickens and does your course have a certificate at the end of it so that we can use it as like part of the law or something like that? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so I thought that was cool. Like, yeah, that's cool. Susan Campbell says, I plan on subscribing to your course when I get chicks. Gotta convince hubby about getting chickens. Oh, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> and, and now imagine, imagine how he feels now. Uh, he's not on board yet. Oh, he will be soon. He will be soon. I'm going to open up the chat for questions. 
um, because I like to do at the end, at the end of my podcast, I like to do a little question and answer period. Celia Perry asks, have you ever raised baby ducks? Why? Yes, I have. Um, I have had a mother hen, a chicken raise a baby duck. I had, it was like the first duck I had. Her name was Duckaloo and they loved each other like until they, until they died. Like they lived their, their lives in Chickenlandia and they, they were mother and daughter that whole time. Um, and I, I've raised baby ducks in a brooder as well. And the one thing that I can tell you is that baby ducks are so cute. It's like, oh my gosh, they are so cute. They are really, really messy and wet. And I don't recommend raising them with chickens, with baby chicks, because they can pose a danger to baby chicks just because they're they're just so messy and wet and they can get the baby chicks wet and chilled and you don't want that. Getting started on homesteading says, I have baby chicks in the brooder right now. 20 baby chicks. Oh, yay. Yeah, I haven't had other waterfowl at home. I've had other waterfowl. I, I, my husband and I, Ocelia asked, did I, have I raised other baby waterfowl? My husband and I used to own a farm store in Linden, Washington. And there we had, we had goslings. We had ducks. We had guinea fowl. <laughs> guinea fowl are crazy. <laughs> guinea fowl. Um, we had turkeys. We had some other things that I don't even remember what they were. We had quail, all kinds of stuff. Victoria Fox asks, how do you know when a hen is no longer broody? They will cease being in the nesting box um, and they'll start laying again. Uh, you'll start to see their combs get red, you know, nice and red again. Because when they're broody, it gets pretty shriveled up and it gets uh, faded. And their their comb will get nice and red again, and then they'll start laying again. If they if their baby chicks are are around like six to eight weeks old, you'll see they'll they'll start to reject them a little bit. Like you need to go and do your thing. Like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go lay some eggs now. Leave me alone. Recommendation uh, Rose Juarez asks uh, recommendations for where to order chicks. Someone here said uh, McMurray Hatchery. Any others? Um, I do like my pet chicken uh, for baby chicks. I will say best case scenario would be for you to find a local, a, uh, a hatchery that's l close to you. Um, if you can get straight run chicks, which means you would be getting roosters too, um, you can find a local breeder. I think that's just less of a... Uh, stressful experience but um, if you can't have roosters make sure to ask for pullets and yes uh, I know the folks at McMurray are very professional Susan Campbell asks are hatchery vaccines safer than medicated feed as not to get Rynec later in life this is tricky <laughs> because it's like I, I, I it's hard for me to give my opinion about this because some people get pretty upset but I think if I had to choose between doing the, the vaccine for coccidiosis and giving medicated feed, I would give medicated feed, even though there is that, that small risk for Rynec. I know that I can, I can, you know, um, give them 
you know, vitamins and, and manage that. Um, and I can give them, you can give them, uh, food like, uh, kitchen scraps that are high in thiamine. Look at, look and see what has thiamine in it and give them that. Um, I think that would be a better choice than the coccidiosis vaccine. I know my pet chicken won't do the coccidiosis vaccine because they say that it's really stressful on the chicks and they lose, they lose chicks doing that. So when I read that, I was like, eh, you know, like if you, if I was going to choose, I would choose medicated feed. How do you clean a chicken run? Or do you just use deep litter method? Well, it depends. This is a question from Debbie Moss. Mass. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right. Um, it depends on how how big your chicken run is, how many chickens you have. Like sometimes, like I don't have to really do much in, in my chicken run because it's huge, it's really big, and I, I just rake it. Um, in my old chicken run, I didn't, I you know, I didn't clean it out or anything. I just would add wood chips, like pre- playground chips, when needed. Um, but some people, if they have a smaller run, they do need to like clean it out and they can do deep litter in the run. Uh, it's easier to do deep litter when you can keep it dry. So like having a roof over your run would be helpful in that, but it just depends. And you'll, you'll, you'll figure out pretty quickly what you're able to do and what you need to do. I think people, I think a lot of people, sometimes they want to know like what, you know, what am I going to, what am I going to do? And you can have an idea of what maybe you would be able to do, but it might just be ready for that to change. (laughs) Cause a lot of it has to do also with drainage, like how well does that area drain all that? Pamela Benny asks, can you use a seed warmer mat for chicks? I am honestly, I'm not sure, but I will say that I would have the tendency to, to, to think that, it is better for them to get the heat from above because naturally they would get the heat above them rather than coming up underneath them. I think that's more of a natural experience. So that would be, you know, there's little mats for, for chicks now, but I don't prefer those. I prefer them to have that heat, uh, you know, radiating down from above them. Celia Perry asks, how big is your chicken run? How big is it? No, it's like 60 by 30 or 40 or something. It's big. It's not big enough. I ended up getting, I mean, it it is big enough, but like, I really want them to have grass and I've started to notice they're, they're kind of, the grass is getting kind of yucky in there. So I want to build a bigger run on the other side. Cause when I got my coop, I had them put a, a chicken door on one side and I had to put a chicken door on the other side too, but I didn't tell the first man, <laughs> like, put, a, put a door on the other side too, in case we want to build a whole nother enclosure. <laughs> so I did that. So hopefully they'll have just like so much space. Cause I really like to see them on grass <laughs> guys. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And it was great to be here. I know I haven't been super consistent and I trust me, I did not plan on getting sick. That was not the plan, Um, but I just couldn't, I just could, there was no way I could have gone live. (laughs) That would have been the saddest thing you've ever seen. 
because when I get sick, I get man colds. I, I don't, I'm not like, you know, this really tough lady. I, I whine and it's awful. So, um, I was, I was sad and it was a mess, <laughs> but I'm better now. So, uh, I want to thank the moderators. Actually, actually, I think we just had one moderator today to the Chickenlandia Presidential Advisor. Thank you so much uh, for moderating today's podcast and for being my co-producer. Kelly Kelsey Paulus is my co-producer as well. Uh, thank you for talking to Crows, for editing this episode, and to Double M Ranch for their wonderful podcast art. Thank you, as always, to my favorite chicken for sponsoring this episode remember to visit myfavoritechicken.com and if you enjoy this podcast remember to rate and review it guys especially if you're on if you're listening to this and you are on apple podcasts it really helps to rate and review it there um and i really want you to remember this more than anything please remember you are always welcome in chickenlandia Bye. Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.